another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, Buzz is back, as well as a brief appearance from our friend Ryan, albeit in the background. We also have a little bit of a Rolex rant, a Seiko second, our fresh form finds, and our take on how the coronavirus will be affecting watch factories in the near future. With that, let's get into it. So we have uh, a couple special guests. Buzzy is making his, this is your third round on the, uh, on the podcast, right, Buzz? That's right. Lucky number three. Lucky number three. And then for the first time, we have our buddy Ryan, who we may or may not have been thrown under the bus a little bit for not responding to anything for, for a while. So we've got all four people from the group chat. <laughs> maybe may a stretch to get Ryan on, but he's going he's gonna to get over here. He's in the room. He is in well, the room. He's in, he's, being, he's in one of the rooms. He's being very difficult about this right now. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to talk watches, but we'll get him on eventually. We'll, we'll get him on. <laughs> Just get him some whiskey and he'll, he'll start talking. All right, so why don't we go ahead and start with the, uh, the wrist check. Spangler, what are you wearing? Um, you know, I actually went back to the, the old classic here. This could be my Speedy on the mesh bracelet. I like, I like going back to that watch. Nice. It's, uh, Very strong. Classic. Yeah, it's classic. Good look. You guys need to get one. It's on the list. Well, we should. If we got one, then we would have to like split it half and half, and that doesn't seem fair. That'd make what? it more affordable. I've heard people doing that though before, so you know, that's not out of the question. All right, Buzzy, what do you got on? Uh, someone on the internet informed me that it is uh, Seiko Sunday, so I'm wearing my uh, SKX 009. Yes. I'm. I'm uh, considering. Putting it back on the stock, uh, Mister Jingle Jangle Jubilee, Ooh. just for kicks. Why? Why and, in the world would uh, you want to do that? Nah. Why not? <laughs> Something to fill the days. I feel like Strap Code um, would have good aftermarket Jubilees to go on there, right? They do, but I don't like the end link. Uh-huh. I really don't care for the end link because I would have purchased that the first time. Yeah. Um, when I got the Super Oyster instead. Yeah. Interesting. Fun, well, fun. Spence, what about you? What do you got on? Well, I also have on a Seiko because it is hashtag Seiko Sunday. Um, and I've got on my orange samurai uh, that I picked up last year. And uh, I mean, yeah, we were out doing some stuff outside a little bit today before it started raining. It's just a fun watch to wear around with the with the kids when we're. We're playing a little bit, a little bit more physical activity. So, and it is hashtag yeah. Seiko Sunday, and I do have mine on the stock oyster style bracelet with the really crappy clasp because I have yet to even take. I took it off once, and it was damn near impossible to get back on. Uh, I feel like that watch I'm would look great on a NATO. Oh, I know. I just haven't. I just haven't done it yet. So, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Ugh, oh well. Get a strap code. Could he? Uh, could he at least give us a wrist check? Oh, Ryan? Yeah. He's not wearing a watch. What? <laughs> he's, he's completely blown it. <laughs> he came ill prepared. But he is, he is a... If people were hearing me on my, on my end, there may be some background noise. But uh, he brought hey. over some Maker's Mark cask strength. Ooh. So he's, he's about halfway, halfway there. He's halfway there. Yeah. Right, are you drinking said Maker's Mark cask strength, or do you have something else? Uh, I, I'm going to try it tonight, but I'm actually drinking a Barbera. We were in the midst of making dinner here, so uh, I feel like I had to drink some wine beforehand. Yeah, okay. 
So Evan's covered everything on the podcast. He's had beer, he's had wine, and he's had whiskey. He's the trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. All we're of the to put a, poisons. We're going to put an asterisk next to the uh, whiskey part of this at some point. <laughs> I can probably have our graphic designer work that in. Shout out to my coworker Lauren, who I have yet to mention <laughs> on this because she designed our graphic, and I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Shout out to Lauren. Thank you for the graphic. It looks wonderful. Yes. Yeah, you did an excellent job. Yes, she did. Way more professional than anything else that has been associated with this podcast. <laughs> more professional than the show notes. <laughs> what show notes? Uh, <laughs> yes, whoever's doing those show notes. Edit that in post. Social, social media uh, guru. Or... <laughs> All right, Buzzy, well, what are you drinking? All right, I still have the last bit of my sous vide old-fashioned. The delicious drink for the end of the day. I'm going to yeah. come at you with something hot. Um, I will say that every time I think I like Old Fashions, I remember how much more I like Manhattans and why drinking an Old Fashioned was a waste of time. <laughs> come at I, me. I, I, no, I'm inclined, I'm inclined to agree with you, Spence. I'm, uh, I'm definitely a, a Manhattan kind of person over an Old Fashioned. It's like I like I'm, the idea of them, but every time I have them, and I, I haven't tried yours yet, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I may have to try yours. But, like, every other place I've been, I was like, oh, I'll try an old-fashioned. I was like, why didn't I just get a Manhattan? <laughs> it's like, damn it, why didn't I just add a little bit of vermouth and it would have been ten times better? So the the difficulty with the old-fashioned is that it's a, uh, it's got a high ceiling, but it's also got a really low floor, right? I've had all sorts of god-awful mixtures of, of stuff sure. being passed to me uh, by a, a wait waiter or a waitress and you know try to tell me that that's an old-fashioned uh-huh um if you're not at the place that serves cocktails just don't get it go with the manhattan it's safer i mean still sometimes they try to give you some bourbon with the uh, cherry juice in it but um i've had an old-fashioned out of a tap so if that says anything well that that maybe is the same sort of approach so the the sous vide by making them up ahead of time, you take all that work right out. It's a wonderful thing. It's entirely possible. I don't know. I, the one place I had one at was a very fancy bar in uh, near my hometown of South Bend, Indiana, so I'm not going to throw the place under the bus because I actually really like the place, but <laughs> it's just not a good old-fashioned. So anyway, all right, I'm back to the, uh, the stuff that – the one that I have the most of. I've got the uh, Woodford Reserve, just the normal one. I bought a liter of it a few weeks ago, and it's, it's holding pretty strong, so – I yeah. did, however, forget how good of a Manhattan it makes because I'm usually a rye Manhattan guy. But, yeah. man, there's something about a good sweet bourbon with the vermouth. If you make it right, holy cow, is that good. Anyway. Yeah, I have to say, like, the, the, two, the two whiskeys I like to add that are just above well would be Michter's and uh, Woodford. Yeah. I'm going to, like, try and do a cocktail that's just a little bit better than the house. I, I'll go to uh, one of those two. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, so I think I think first up is going to be the uh, the fresh forum find, Buzzy. Why don't you lead it off this week? All right, I am I'm pumped on this one. <laughs> it is uh, as fresh as it could be. Well, it's not really that fresh. So on Rolex forums, I found a uh, Tudor Pepsi GMT from 2018 huh? with box and bracelet. And uh, looks like it's in great shape. 
the price is uh, pretty good. The price is actually coming down on these things in the used market. Uh, gotta keep scrolling because I don't want to give you the wrong price. Uh, the seller notes that it is priced very right at uh, $3,100. Uh, and that's shipped. Hmm. So I thought that that was a pretty good deal. Uh, maybe gone are the days where you know people try to get you to pay five grand for one of these things used. Now, I guess the only watch out, it's got the the full kit, uh, including the original sales receipt, was purchased in Paris. That's kind of fun, I guess. Oh. Um, but I, I would check. Um, I know that the early Tudor GMTs had uh, date wheel issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know enough about that to say exactly what those issues were, but that's something I would check if I were um, going to buy any uh, of these used. Uh, did, did you see if the seller had like any good remarks on there or how many posts or whatever he has, has had or something along those lines? Because I know from looking in, into the uh, GMTs that they can make pretty good replica GMTs. So that would be the one thing I'd be cautious over. Yeah. Uh, do your homework. I, I can't quite uh, tell. Let me look and see what his post count is. Oh. Uh, 4,000 post counts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine it seems right. like a, a fairly decent uh, individual. But okay. Caveat emptor, my friends. <laughs> it's a, it is a crazy world out there when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, or just in general at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll get into that a little later in the show. We, we might. Um, yeah, but so for this week, I actually was able to track down, uh, you guys know that I'm a pretty big Grand Seiko fan, so, uh, I was actually, well, you know. I, what, <laughs> how, how do you pronounce that? Grand Seiko? I've never heard you Grand, talk about yeah, that no, before. Yeah, no, you would, yeah, it's, uh, totally new to my, to my, uh, my, uh, my repertoire. Um, but, uh, I was tracking them down and I found one of the ones that I was looking for is going to be a Grand Seiko SBGK005. Uh, it's a limited edition of 1,500 pieces. It's called the Mount Awate. Um, in uh, Mount Awate dial, uh, part of their Elegance collection. Um, now the watch retails for $7,400. And I was able to track it down on eBay, box papers, um, from what appears to be a pretty reputable uh, jewelry store in... Uh, it was uh, upstate New York. I could be wrong on that. Maybe Pennsylvania. Um, but it was box papers, whole shebang for $5,700, which is almost two grand off of the uh, MSRP. And it had actually jumped down in price uh, by, I think it was listed at 64 two days ago. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's, it's dropped. I think they're probably looking to sell it. So it's not a best offer. So it's a, if you want it for 57, go for it kind of thing. Yeah, and I might go for it. You never know. We'll see. So you might. But I'm throwing it out there. I'm I'm being generous and I'm letting it out there to the public. If you want it, go for it. <laughs> He's not pulling it's a buzz eBay. and telling us to to scuttle this for a week. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I still haven't heard. Back. You still neither have I. I messaged him too. I haven't heard anything either. Um, okay, so I'll bring up the slow. rear. I've got a, another, and this is actually a model that's very similar to one that I've been considering uh, for the next pickup, but it is a Grand Seiko as well. It is the SBGA301, so this is the 40 and a half millimeter spring drive 
with just a black dial, just you know, time and date, little power reserve indicator on the uh, on the um, on the dial. It. I know the. Sh I've been looking more at the champagne dial with the thirty-nine and a half millimeter, so a little bit smaller. Kind of get it up sub forty. This one's the bigger version um, with a with a black dial. I know that the smaller version, either color, I think retails for like thirty eight thirty nine. I know that the bigger one was a couple hundred bucks more, so I'm thinking this one is you know forty one forty two if I'm remembering correctly. Um, this guy who I've actually not like b bought from before, but have messaged back and forth when he had a Marine Master for sale about a year ago um, mm -hmm. on Watch You Seek uh, has it listed for twenty four ninety five which, you know, probably 40% off retail-ish, if I'm doing the math close in my head. Pretty solid pickup. Got 1,165 posts on Watch You Seek. Um, seems to be a pretty reputable seller. He's out there quite a bit. Big Seiko guy. Um, so I would reach out if you're interested. That's a, that's a pretty solid piece. I mean, this is... I, mean, it's, I don't say it's not in the best condition. I mean, it's, it's in used condition. Like, it's been worn, and you can see that. Um, but, I mean... Grand Seiko Spring Drive for sub twenty five hundred bucks. I don't know where else you're gonna find that. So that's uh, that's what I got. Yeah, no. If you're going like Grand Seiko, I feel like that would probably be a great entryway into it for twenty five hundred dollars. Getting their stereotypical Spring Drive watch. I mean, you know, if you're going, you just want to get a taste of Grand Seiko. I feel like that's a good way to start it. Well, it's a very much under the under the radar watch, which is kind of why I like I like the champagne. I had a lot of black face or black dial watches, so Same. I was kind of if I was going to pick up something similar to this, it'd be the black or the, the champagne dial. But it's mm -hmm. just a time and date, everyday watch, flies completely under the radar, and unless you know what that little power reserve indicator means, like no one's going to know what that is, and that's kind of yeah. cool to me. It's a total watch guy's watch, you know. Yeah. Well, for sure, because the first thing that. If you uh, bring up Grand Seiko to another watch guy, it's, you know, also got spring drive. Yeah. I think that that's, uh, everyone knows, like, the finishing's gorgeous. There's a lot of really clever stuff that they do, but that spring drive's just part and parcel of, of what people think of when they hear Grand Seiko. So that would be a really slick piece. Yeah, yeah what is no, that? I mean, that'd be a good pickup. Is the spring drive something along the lines of like what, like plus five, minus one second a month, or something along like that? Something stupidly accurate for what it is. It's if I'm remembering, it's close to chronometer grade, but you're right for the month. Yeah. Whereas chronometer grade is for the day. Yeah. Um, right. There, I will say though, if you if you're going for accuracy, and I, I know that, and I've seen the videos, and it's it, it is still a high accuracy quartz, and it is quartz, but. Holy cow! They're for for the money. If you're going for accuracy, they're super quartz. Their nine F quartz technology is unbelievable. I mean, doesn't uh, Adrian over at Bark and Jack have one of those? He does. Which I, I've been watching some of his videos. That watch has not come up. I don't know if he sold it. I don't know if you guys know anything about that. He is uh, he is kind of known for doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you talk to his buddies over on the Scottish Watches podcast or listen to them, they. Uh, yeah. They will. Uh, they take. They they call it taking the piss out of him. They uh, they like to give him crap for selling stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. I've I've I haven't seen it at all in the past few videos. So, but yeah, they Grand Seiko makes a really slick nine F quartz watch. This comes on like a rubber strap, uh, 
really bold, like, you know, it almost looks like a Rolex uh, when you look at the lug, lug widths on it. Um, but it comes on a really cool leather strap, I think it's, or not leather strap, rubber strap. And it's like three, 3K, I want to say, MSRP. The, the only uh, one with the 9F that I know is, uh, don't they have one that looks like an Explorer 2? Yeah, they do. Like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah they GMT do. GMT yep. that's pretty slick. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what Adrian has is the, uh, it's got a, it's on the inside, it's got a little bit of yellow. They, yeah, have a, yeah. they have a red version, they have a yellow version. I think he, had, he either has or had the yellow from what I'm remembering in the videos. Anyway. Anywho. Yeah. So I think well, Spangler's got a bit of a Rolex rant, or, or we can all kind of talk about the, what he wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, we had what was big news this week. Rolex is shutting down for how long was it? 10, 10 days, I want to say? Yeah, I believe it was yeah, about which, that. Which is, I, 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 don't see, I don't see how it's not going to be longer. Yeah, I know, which is kind of, I mean, when it comes to my mind, it's like, do you think they're going to be able to release the one? Do you think they had made enough of this year's new releases to be able to release stuff on time? Um, as in, you know, when Basel was going to start based on them shutting down. So it's funny because when I saw that shutdown, when I put that together with that and Basel being delayed, I figured that they would have some sort of a release around the same time. Yeah. I really wonder if they're going to slide uh, the releases and everything. I think, I think honestly, at this point, that it's, it's a good possibility that, I mean, they'll slide either into the summer um, or, or late fall or, you know, even going into next year, which I don't, I don't want to say they'll, they'll go into next year, but I, I know some watch brands probably will be hit hard enough that they'll have to just, you know, put everything on standstill and just try again next year, basically. But I don't think well, so for Rolex. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, if that's the, the thing that you do, you have to do it. I mean, yeah. there's obviously a lot more important things going on right now than watches. Um, it, uh, it is a shame if they just uh, shut down for a while, though, and don't use any of their machining capacity to build other things. Yeah. You know. But was it, was it um, one of the companies somewhere, I think it was in our Red Bark chat that they were talking about, uh, some company being uh was it in france maybe that they're being made to create sanitizer oh uh, uh one of uh, lvmh is LVMH's. yeah that's yeah. it yep, it's yep. their uh their perfumes they're doing that yeah oh yeah yeah and i know that some Which, of the german automakers are looking at seeing if they can retool to make some sort of medical devices yeah so and i think ford and ford and gm are looking at the same type of stuff since all their plants are shuttered right now which, I mean, yeah, it, it exactly. makes total sense. I mean, if you're not using them, why not use them for something that could... Yeah. I, I would think that um, using machining capacity and uh, all of that to source more parts would be the, the quickest way to help. Mm -hmm. uh, just knowing, you know, being having some familiarity with med device. Yeah. Um, hopefully your assembly lines have uh, excess capacity to put it all together, but I would think that being able to machine and mold uh, components to uh, increase the supply base that way. I think that that's, that's the best way that they can help. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what do, what do you guys think about the other watch manufacturers out there? I mean, if Rolex is shutting down, do you think most other brands are going to be shutting down here soon? Because I know uh, I, I walked into our local jewelry store and uh, our good friend Blake told me that Grand Seiko was shutting down their facility um, to, you know, as needed, 
personnel, so they're going to suspend operations as well. Um, but what do you guys think when it comes to uh, other watch brands? Do you think it's going to they'll be doing the same or? I mean, I think they're going to have to, aren't they? Dep- I mean, if they're all, I mean, not if they're all located near each other. I know that, that you know there's components that come from all over the world, namely yeah. China, which was causing before all the European countries were on lockdown. It was causing some supply chain issues when most of China was on a lockdown Mm -hmm. or parts of China were on a lockdown but now that that is ramping back up I think they're just trying to I think they're all just trying to hunker down and weather this out so I think they're going to have to whether or not they can get their components I mean it was interesting I was listening to a live stream the other day briefly from Manta the guys over there I think it was Justin who was doing it Um, and they're thinking that you know if even if this takes you know, six to eight weeks where things are really shut down, they're mm-hmm. still trying to have their new product out before the end of the year. So stuff that they were going to try to have done for Basil isn't going to happen. Stuff, you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to release it because um, they were supposed to be getting their prototypes here now because they usually cut up pretty close. You know, they're, they're a micro brand based out of St. Louis, but, you know, that manufactures yeah. everything over in, over in Switzerland. And um, they, I, I think... They're hoping that if they can get stuff back up and running over there, um, get with the dial makers and things like that, they could have something new that they could potentially either unveil and maybe even ship by the end of the year. That's what they're hoping for. So, I mean... So they're thinking seems, probably around like Christmas time. Though. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I, for sure. You know, I don't know, really know what the graph curve, you know, would be if you shut down for how long, how long, you know, a day shut down, how, how many days that puts you back. Um, in terms of like production amount, but uh, I mean, if you're shutting down from like you know, Rolex was like ten days. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be longer than that. So we'll say just a month to start off with. Uh, you know, one month of Rolex. I mean, how many watches is that? I mean, they're making like eight million a year. I'm assuming that's at least tens of thousands of watches they're not going to be making in that month long stretch. So I mean, if Rolex and other brands like shut down for you know a month, two months, even uh, how long do you think that would derail? some of their uh, their new stuff coming out this year? I mean, I don't know if we're well, even going to see their new stuff this year. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, because it's not just a day-for-day slip. Yeah. Uh, when you have to come back to online, you know, it depends how vertically integrated you are. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you are purchasing components from other entities, yeah, uh, they all have to be up before you can even get them. Right. I think yeah. that's the so one thing that, Rolex has going for them, though, right? Aren't they completely vertically integrated? Yes, indeed. Yes, they are. And one but other brand that, that we'd like to mention on the show is also vertically integrated, but, you know, I won't, <laughs> I won't mention them. They start well, with a G I mean, and end with an S. That, I mean, that's true, but, I mean, if you think about stuff like that, do they even... Uh, Grand Seiko just announced all of their stuff already, essentially, that was going to hit at their yeah. summit so like that we already know what they're going to do and when they can get those to stores they will yeah rolex doesn't necessarily have to they could wait until january and when people start buying again they're still going to all the people who don't know anything about watches are still going to go in and buy a date just and there's still oh, yeah. going to be a ton of those available because they're probably sitting on a bunch of those but yeah i mean all that in-demand stuff is still going to be in demand and it's not like they were. It's not like this is going to make it 
I mean, it's going to make it even more difficult to get what you those like in-demand models, but it's not like they were easy to get before. Like you were still going to be purchasing two or three things, or you were still going to be on a wait list. Potentially, yeah. you never know. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think yeah, though, like yeah. the when it comes like the secondary prices, I mean, if this goes on for you know two, three months, you know, forbid, you know, God forbid, even that. But if it goes on for that long, you know, I feel like the secondary markets may, well, they probably will start coming down uh, in terms of oh, prices. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be just interested yeah, to see like what a GMT or a Daytona will drop down to in the next three months if this continues on. So I think there's two things, though. It could snap back because, yes, as people are hunkering down and not making those purchases, the market will get soft. But if they, yeah. become, harder, if they become harder to get, once things start opening back up and there's all this pent-up demand for things, mm-hmm. like, I, I, think, I don't want to say it's going to be a U-shaped recovery because I'm, I'm not an economist. I work in finance, but I'm not an economist. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what this is going to look like. I, it, I don't think any of us have ever seen anything like this in our lifetime. Nobody knows. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. But I feel like there's going to be some pent-up demand for some type of spending, whether it's just going out to bars and restaurants, whether it's, you know, making that one repurchase that you were thinking of. So I think, yes, while in the interims prices may soften, if it becomes that much harder to get one at retail, I think they'll just flip right back up as soon as we're kind of in a little bit more in the clear from this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. at, At the end of the day... Rolex controls perfectly their supply and creates their demand. I mean, they they have it completely handled on both sides, unlike any other brand. It's incredible, but they've been at it for a while, so, you know, good on them. We should all be so lucky to know our businesses that well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so before we before we close, and I know we're we're kind of running out of time, and um, I did want to say that I had a pretty good chat um, with somebody on Instagram, a, a guy who goes by the handle of Watch Mod Perfect. So uh, if he starts listening, which he said he might, he'll uh, when he gets to episode nine, he'll get a nice little <laughs> shout out. But we were talking about the new releases, the Seiko releases that Spangler and I talked about two episodes ago. And the mm-hmm. two that look like uh, the Willard, the, the black version on a bracelet and the, and the green version on a, on a rubber strap. And pricing finally came out, but I could only find it in New Zealand dollars and Australian dollars. And he actually did the math and said that the conversion ratio, based on those prices, looks like about 1155 bucks. So my guess is you're looking at between 1100 and 1200 bucks for one of those new watches. And I also didn't notice this, but... It's a 42 millimeter instead of a 44, so it's going to wear even better than the limited edition release that came out last year. So for roughly a third of the price, granted, you don't get as good of a movement. You don't get probably you probably aren't getting a ceramic bezel, although in the new King Turtle you are. So maybe you are. I don't know. I didn't really read the fine print. You're getting a watch that looks like the Willard for a third of the price, maybe even on a bracelet if you like the black version. Like, why wouldn't you just get that one? <laughs> I mean, the Willard all along was for those people that were just all about Seiko. Like, they're just big Seiko guys, and, you know, they're the only people that are going to be buying that. Some Joe Schmo off the street isn't going to be walking into a jewelry store, you know, and forking over a couple thousand dollars to go get that watch. 
I think if you like that look, but you're not a big Seiko fan, I think this watch really you know, scratches that itch. Um, you know, it's not, like you said, it's 42 versus 44, different movement, uh, comes on a bracelet. So, I mean, it'll have a different, you know, vibe to it, but for the most part, it'll scratch that itch if you don't want to spend for the limited edition. But if you end up buying the limited edition, I feel like those people might be a little peeved at this. <laughs> I mean, I don't need another green watch, but that green one looks pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that green does look amazing. It's, it's a great great shade. Well, you you have pretty much an entire year before the next St. Patrick's Day green watch day, so <laughs> plenty of true. time. That is true. Oh, but I mean, I, I saw that and it was it was it was a fun conversation. It was just like holy cow! Like I'm always kind of shocked, and I I'm always kind of shocked when brands kind of do that to the people. It's like, oh, I went out and I got the I got the limited edition. It's like. Yeah, we're going to release this other one that's not limited that looks an awful lot like it. I mean, just look at what uh, Grand Seiko did. I mean, they had you know the watch that I just mentioned in the fresh form find, that SPGK005. That was a limited edition last year. Uh, and then they ended up coming out with two watches that aren't limited with different dials um, for about maybe... Well, one's actually a little bit more expensive, but the other one's about $700 less, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things really isn't all that much lower but still though like if you want that you know type of a uh, type of watch and they come out with something non-limited the next year it does kind of i could see it rubbing people the wrong way so maybe it's just a seiko thing i don't really know yeah no i think the the i've heard other podcasts talk about this and i feel like it was panerai who did that first like they did i don't know whether it was the bronzo or something else it was supposed to be this really limited edition watch and then like a year later because yeah. they saw how popular it was they tweaked like two things and then made it a normal watch and it was just like, that just kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And I mean, yeah. other brands, I'm sure other brands have done it as well. So, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I can think of Hamilton, too, doing their uh, intramatic chronograph. They have the, what is that, I'm going to say, the uh, the white dial with the black subdials and a blue dial with a white subdial. And then they have a limited edition one that's black with white subdials. That's a little bit yeah. bigger. So, mm-hmm. same kind of just tweakage a little bit, but you can charge a little bit more for it. Yeah. They could charge a little bit more for that if they just made it a hand wind and made that case slimmer. Um, oh my could, god! Don't don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me started on this. That that watch would be perfect if it was about <laughs> a millimeter thinner hand wind. I don't want to hear that value seventy-seven thirty just you know roll around on my wrist like a you know whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. I'll start ranting about this all day. Sounds like we've got uh, the beginnings of a another podcast yeah yeah we do we'll have to, another segment yeah we'll have to come up with something that uh, goes with hamilton though but uh a hamilton hootenanny there we go Ham- <laughs> hamilton hootenanny all right coming in episode 10 the hamilton hootenanny i like this i like this all about alliteration i think we're the only watch podcast that is yeah well i mean if you're listening you know, i'm sure you like alliteration too i mean alliteration's always awesome <laughs> Well, well done, sir. <laughs> On that I'm not, note... <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make another alliteration off of that. So uh, I've got uh, just a real quick, if, if we're done with the um, you know, with that segment, I do have one thing to share. Um, you know, plenty of people are, are sitting at home and you know, maybe having movie nights. Uh, my wife and I watched Apollo 13 last night where we get to watch America's dad, Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> get well, Tom. On the moon. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
So the last time I watched that movie was when it came out uh, in the theaters uh, because, of course, it was the 90s. I was a young boy. I was at peak space uh, (laughs) everything, right? Yes. I did not appreciate at that time how great of a watch movie it is. Now, unfortunately, uh, if it was in like 4K, maybe they lingered on the wrists a little bit more. (laughs) You would get better... um, you know, better uh, pictures, but obviously a, a ton of uh, Omega Space watches. Um, also, one of the guys at the very end that uh, is on the Navy boat, I believe I saw a Rolex Pepsi really? on his wrist. There's a Pepsi bezel. Oh. And I, I thought that that was just like the ultimate Easter egg, considering that that's uh, my utter grail. Well, you, you know that the rumor is, and I, I've read this, so Swaggart flew with his GMT Master. Yeah. So he had both, and everyone, I, I can't remember what podcast covered this. It might have been one of the Hodinkee ones. It might have been, this seems like a very Jack Forster thing to know, but he said that all the, Ro- <laughs> all the, all the Rolex people are like, oh, no, he timed it with the Rolex. Like, no, he didn't. He timed it with the Speedmaster. Like, I've seen the flight. He goes, I've seen the flight log. He timed it with the Speedmaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just imagine the frenzy if they released those watches. They took them out of government property and just released them to be auctioned off. The kind of frenzy that would uh, go behind those. Uh, it could pay for part of the coronavirus relief package. <laughs> it could probably pay for a big portion of it. Yeah, why not do that? You know, they do, um, what's that, every other year watch event where they make a special watch. They could do that for the coronavirus oh, this year. Oh, only watch. Yeah, only, only watch. watch. Yeah, yeah. Why not do one for the coronavirus? Watch industry, if you're listening... Yeah, all of our almost 60 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people in LVMH or, you know, this watch group are definitely listening to this. So I will say that I feel like our listenership will eventually jump with everybody at home running out of other podcasts to be like, they're just going to start, oh, this is one I haven't seen before. Why not? I'm out of all <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> they are in for a treat. Maybe. Are they? <laughs> I say positive. I, I say they're in for a treat. Anyway, well, we, we've, we've run over our half hour again. We're pretty good at that, but only a little bit this time. So uh, We're getting better. We are getting Absolutely. better. Absolutely. But uh, it was good, uh, good, good chatting with you guys again since we can't do it in person. Not that we usually cool. do. We usually don't. But uh, everybody, uh, everybody stay safe and uh, enjoy social, being socially distant. Absolutely. Everybody out there, do yep. your part. Trying to be too bored at home. get to do to help. So what we could do to get to help the nurses and doctors out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Do your Stay part. Safe, Every everyone. little thing counts. Yep. See y'all later. See you guys.